they are back. Out of the darkness cometh light. Welcome to the new look ENS Wolves podcast with Joe Edwards, Rosie Swarbrick, Steve Bull, and your host, Nathan Judah. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 133. That's 133. It's the ENS Wolves podcast. I'm Nathan Judah. It is midnight, Thursday. Uh, It's Friday, actually. Friday now. Six minutes past midnight, Friday, the 8th of November. Uh, Before we start, we missed a couple of weeks. Obviously, uh, quite a few of you know I've been dealing with some family stuff. I just want to say thank you so much for all your kind messages. Uh, Absolutely so touched and really lovely. Um, and yes, we have got a great show for you. I'm delighted to be welcomed. Welcome to Miss Rosie Swarbrick and Mr. Joe Edwards. Uh, it's late. I'm tired. You're tired, but we're here, aren't we? We're here. We all right. We're always here, aren't we? It's more than you. It's a pleasure. Um, what, what do you reckon, Swarbs? We're in executive box, box number nineteen. Yeah. Uh, we've been given exclusive access. Uh, the, the pitch lights have gone down, yeah. but you're still going. You ready? Yeah, it's nice. I've just been um, debating with Joe whether I need to get some Pro Plus for my hour-long journey home or what I'm going to do. So I'm don't, just going to be because of my espresso habit in the office. And, and, and the thing so. is, you, you, I mean, you're self-confessed not a great driver, are you either? Whoa, this this could impact um, my insurance claims oh, in okay. the future. Okay, so yeah. I have to be really careful here just in case, you know, right. someone goes around Wolves spots, you know, Tim's old Cleo and just decides to do it and then they've got this to hang evidence on. You've got to be very legally careful what I say about my driving. But but but, but you're quite slow though, aren't you? This is going to take you a while to get back. Slow and steady. No. <laughs> I've just, what I will tell you is that I've just figured out how to use cruise control in the Clio because it's wow. not easy. Wow. But I have shin splints, historic hockey injury of shin splints. Okay. Um, so the Newcastle <laughs> drive really Where we impacted me. So I've um, been like limping around for the last couple of weeks without anyone noticing because I, I'd had to press the accelerator or the thing or the whatever it's called. What's it called? That the one. Brake? Yeah, that one. Wow. <laughs> Oh, um, God. Yeah. Oh, God. So I'd had to do that, and it's it's hurt me. So I've I've managed to figure out the cruise control, and now I can just cruise. It's great. I'm really pleased to ask that question. Um, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> right. Um, uh, Wolves Wolves won. Slovan Bratislava nil. Back to winning ways. On the brink of the knockout stages. Joe, uh, job done in the end tonight. Yeah, it was that kind of similar pattern that we've been used to seeing. Kind of. Slot, not sloppy tonight, but a, a bit of a passive first half, which not a lot happened apart from a, a, a pretty eventful uh, first 10 minutes where both teams had a couple of chances. But then second half, Wolves just seemed to turn it on. I don't know if it's Nuno's half-time team talks or what, but um, second half, they tend to turn on the style. And they would have scored earlier had it not been for Dominic Graif. He had a fantastic gaming goal for Slavan and... But strength of character got there in the end. Uh, added time and Raul Jimenez, blimey, what a what a player he is! Yeah, absolutely superb. Um, I think it was deserved on the night. To be fair, I think the runner they, they had chances. Like you say, first half was a little bit disappointing. I thought, but they, they got there in the end. Um, what is it about playing at home? I mean, before this game, they only won two all season. Okay, we're not including the you know the preliminaries in the yeah. Europa. Um, it's just a bit flat, isn't it? I don't think they've played incredibly well this year yet, no. apart from maybe a couple of games where they've been, you know, Man City, of course. Uh, but um, that's 
What 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 needs to change? Do you think? They seem to play better with the odds stacked against them, don't they? I mean, you look at City. Nobody really expected them to get anything, and then they come away with a, an absolute masterclass two 0 win. Uh, Bratislava away. The odds were stacked against them as well, playing in an atmosphere of, albeit not hostile, but 20,000 kids screaming their heads off. It was absolutely bizarre, but Wolves <laughs> came through that to get the win. And it was, obviously, you know, pretty much a full house at Molly New Year tonight. Yeah. And the onus is on you to go out and attack and, mm. and be positive from the outset. And Wolves weren't quite that. I mean, obviously, obviously got the win in the end, but mm. that, that, that theme has continued. I wouldn't be like massively worried about it, but there is a trend for me. Yeah. And hopefully they can they can put it right sooner rather than later. I mean, Villa, you'd love a fast start against mm-hmm. them on Sunday, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. But, uh, and Rosie, like I said, we talk about Villa and maybe quite a few people thought he might have made more changes tonight, Nuno, mm. uh, with, with Villa in mind and uh, quite a few people. Uh, yeah, and, and you can understand that, seeing Villa as, as the bigger game and the must-win or, or really you know, a good result. But he went strong tonight and they got the just rewards. Yeah, yeah. I think it's nice as well because we wanted for a while them to start in the 3-4-3 three, three. and we've seen it in the last two games and we've had 45 shots and two goals is not a good enough ratio I know Nuno's talked about the finishing tonight said he wants to see an improvement and that you know they're getting the crosses in for so long we've been saying oh end product that final touch mm-hmm. in the box and it, it's getting there it's like it's I think I saw a meme the other day where there was a picture like when that front three clicks, when these when these forward players click, it's it's some of the chances tonight again. Neto guilty in that second minute with that chance that he puts wide when he should be just putting out on target. But the chances are coming, they're there, and it, it's just such a positivity at the moment. And tonight, I think we saw what I liked was towards the end of the game that shift back to a three-five-two, so we saw the flexibility of them perhaps being a little bit, you know, they could move into a different formation that they gave them, a different also thing. You know, they've started that way, but I've not seen them shift like that yet. Yeah, the, the shots on target, I think, is promising. Um, and we saw that against Arsenal, they were just leathering the goal, yeah. really, weren't they? Um, you'd have thought, sooner rather than later, with the quality they've got, that the, these they're going to convert those into, into goals. Um, you want to talk about, about one person who impressed you tonight, and, and I think especially with the run that Wolves have got coming up, he could be well, he could go on, on a fantastic run of goals. Raul Jimenez is just top draw, isn't he? He's fantastic. Yeah. And Nuno alluded to it after Arsenal, saying we're delighted to have him. He, but he, and he goes beyond his goals, saying he's a hard worker and a fantastic human being. And that was a really nice quote. Mm. And, the, and Especially for Nuno, who, who can be quite passive in his press conferences. But um, really kind of effusive in his praise for, for Jimenez. And, and rightly so, because this lad is just going from strength to strength. I mean, 32 million quid is now a small amount of money. It's a big amount of money, but he's worth absolute every penny of yeah. that. I mean, it's a club record fee, big money to get him in, but nobody is regretting that at all. And this guy is in the peak years of his career. I think he's just turned 28. But I just see him going... Going to another level, really. And for a striker, twenty-eight is almost peak level. Yeah. That's where they've got, you know, they've still got that that bit of pace. They've got all that expertise. They've got all that knowledge. They know where to be. They know the positions they're going to be. And if you can keep Raúl Jiménez and he signed a contract, you know, 28, 29, 30, 31. Okay, so there might not be a massive sell-on clause after that. But yeah. sometimes you've got to be greedy. For thirty million quid, if you get someone like that for three or four or five years playing for you, worth every penny and more. Exactly. I, the, the only surprise for me with him is that it's not kind of happened sooner. Mm. I mean, I, I know he obviously come to Wolves and he's, he's been fantastic ever since he's been at Wolves. 
but the fact that he was such a kind of that super sub super mantra sub, yeah. when he yeah. was at, when he was at Benfica mm. just surprises me that mm. he wasn't starting for them every week and scoring for them every week. I re- remember when Wolves signed him and uh, our colleague Luke Hatfield did an inside track with some Portuguese correspondents yeah. um, when he came in, and one of them said he's the Portuguese version of Shane Long. Right. So yeah. that so that he'll come off the bench, he'll run around and yeah. look a bit bright, but won't do too much yeah. and won't score many mm-hmm. goals. Obviously, happy to say that he's been proved massively wrong. Yeah, but um, yeah, this guy is is a number nine in every sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wears that shirt and wears it proudly. And another thing for me about him tonight that was so impressive. Um, we spoke about it in the video, but it's um, that strength of character that he showed after inadvertently injuring uh, the Slavan player Badric and. Yeah. You know, of course, tending to him immediately afterwards showed a kind of a real respect and genuine care there as well. But it was a matter of minutes after that he's come up with a winner, and we saw his son and Nagama's injury. Of course, that was a a, a really horrible incident, and son, uh, you can't blame him for for being emotionally affected. But he wouldn't, even though he was sent off, he, he was mm. visibly shaken, and mm. I don't think he would have been able to carry on. But Raul kept his head. Yeah. And came up with the goods, but showed humility when he celebrated. I, I, I just think that's the sign of a of a top man and a, a top professional. Villa, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, West Ham, Brighton, Spurs, Norwich. I mean, that is a fantastic run of fixtures. Yeah, well, yeah, not, for not him. great trips in there. But not, yeah. I mean, yeah, trip. There's some long trips. Some for long us. trips. That, that's what I was saying. Some long trips. Stop being selfish. Bournemouth. Yeah, Brighton. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't care. What we what we want is three points. And Jimenez has got to be if, if he's getting back. And I think he is getting back to the top form. And we've seen that tonight. Um, he's just on the cusp. I feel. And you get Jota coming back. I think him and Jota for this next set of you know five, six, seven games. I mean, if you're a fancy Premier League player, you want to be getting them in your team because I think they could score a hatful assists and goals. Yeah, Jimenez is on 12 across all comps and if he doesn't get 25 by the end of the season, that's a massive surprise for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. The the way he's going, unless he gets, you know, touch wood he doesn't, but unless he gets injured. But 25, 30 goals, I think, is the the realm we're talking now. Because he's, he's real top level. He's really at it at the moment. Yeah, top end of the pitch is looking good. Uh, Rosie, you, you're very impressed with someone at the other end of the pitch tonight. Yeah, Max Kilman. Max Emilian. I seem to be like, it's like I've got a, a signed, well, it's like I've got shares in him at the moment, isn't it? I'm talking about him that much. Yeah, you've got, you got a little bit of a crush on him. No, That's I fine. haven't. I haven't. <laughs> like I have not. I have not. You liked his tush. I have not. Okay. I have not said any of that. <laughs> no, you haven't. You haven't, <laughs> no. You've been, you've been impressed with him. You've been impressed with him. Don't make me bring out the sexism card. Okay, They're sorry, too sorry, early sorry. In our podcast uh, careers. All right. <laughs> um, sorry. No, I just was impressed with mm-hmm. his composure. I thought after the Slovan game, I, I wasn't there at um, Slovan, but I managed. I watched when I watched it on the TV. I just yeah. thought, wow, this kid. You know, he's he's gone in there. It's one of the big nights. You know, it, it was a weird experience. Joe's just touched on all the kids that were there. You know. And I thought I felt he held his own, and then with the injury to uh, Willie Bolly, with Ryan Bennett having his sort of groin injury in recent weeks, I just thought it was teed up for him to get that first Premier League start mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. But now he's enhanced his chances. I think hundred percent he has to start at Villa for me. Really, in that back three, I just think he adds balance. It's it's one of those things when you've got someone on the left side. I think we've talked about 
Johnny not actually being a natural left-sided player, but he's actually, you know, you, you can't tell. I couldn't tell that he wasn't a natural left-sided player coming in and watching this wall scene. But sometimes I think you need a bit more balance to the side, and I think he comes in. Sace, obviously, on the bench today. Bennett coming back off the bench, which is great to see. But I just think that Max, for his youth, and, you know, he's come through non-league. I, so it's the, like the reverse of Jamie Vardy, really. You know, he's come from non-league background, futsal background. And we saw tonight the ease that he had on the ball, one of his crunching tackles that releases a, a counter-attack in the second half. He's got an all-round composure on the ball. And I think he gives Connor Cody, you can tell... I think we've seen a couple of times with Vallejo when he's coming to the side and you can see naturally some of the defence and some of the players get a bit like, he's got the ball. And mm. he, the crowd does that naturally mm. as well. We've mm. seen the crowd at Molyneux going, oh gosh, we're in the press box. That's going, just, that's, I know, yeah. Sort of thing. Um, but there's just a natural sort of ease. It's natural him fitting into the side and I just think he, he has really enhanced his chances and he's one for the future. He's, he's definitely come on. Um, he does look a lot more comfortable on the ball. I think we saw mm. that tonight. Um do you do you think that that he'll keep his place, or do you feel Joe? Do you think that that maybe he'll go back to his training? I think Sice will mm. come back in. That's my mm. hunch, mm. but he's certainly enhanced his his chances, uh, as Rousey says. Because as as we say, Willie Bolly, nobody wants to see him injured, and we all wish him a speedy recovery. But he always these injuries always offer opportunities for for others to step up, and and Kilman has done that. Uh, it must. It's worth noting that he's been training with the first team there for a good year. In a bit, he hasn't played a lot, but he's been learning Nuno's way for a good year or so now, and I, and I think he shows in his performances. Yeah. He, he he's got his position nailed down and what Nuno wants from him. He, he's executed it to a T. So fair play to the young lad, and uh, based on what we've seen so far, I think the future's bright for him. The other talking point tonight, um, and look, it didn't overshadow the the result in the end. Thank goodness was of course the penalty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, now, now Nuno uh, very doesn't really like to t- talk about specific incidents and players in in post match <laughs> press conferences. But he was quite happy to talk um, in in a negative way about Neves's penalty. Bad, 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 bad. Um, look, Raul's taken the majority of penalties this season. We know that Neves has taken them, and he has missed penalties as well for Wolves. Um, is this going to stop him taking penalties in the future? Do you feel or? It's, or do you think it's just fifty-fifty again? I just wish he'd have expanded. I think you know one of the one of our other fellow colleagues, a journalist, tried to ask him you know a bit more to expand on this after he'd said like oh Neves it was a bad it was a bad kick and he wasn't impressed with it. It's just sort of the reasoning behind it wasn't fully explained. It's just like oh the the both finger because it was said that it was decided before the game that Neves would take the free right. take the um, penalty. I think what I mean I think that's a, it peeves me off that does. <sighs> just give it to the strikers. Give it to the strikers. Give it to the main men. Why why are we? I don't know whether it's because players come in later and he's taking penalties before and in the championship and it's almost like well I don't want to tread on your toes. Just give it to the guy who's scoring the goals. Uh, well, and Jimenez, he's been exceptional from the spot, hasn't he? He's yeah. been cool and he's personified pretty much every time he's taken. I don't think he's missed one, has he, for Wolves? So, no. Um, yeah, he's been exceptional and it was a surprise to see him step up and if somebody else is stepping up instead of him, you want him you want him to score, didn't you? And uh, it was just a good height for the keeper. It's a good save, but he's put it at the right height for him to save. I think it was with Neves as well. I think it's a way to boost Neves' confidence because this is the 16th game now. He's on a 16-game goal drought. So I think Neves. it was, Neves, yeah, with his sort of 
finishing and stuff like that. We've seen him getting in more advanced positions. We've seen him trying to be more attacking in this 3-4-3, in that midfield too. But we're still not seeing the quality of finishing in an easy way, you always think, to get... It's like a striker when they aren't out of confidence. Give them, give them a dead ball situation, give them a penalty, and they should be able to nail that. I think that was just a... Go on, Ruben, get your confidence up, get that goal, and then, you know, they'll fly in. But obviously... Sometimes that has a reverse thing like we saw today. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is he's playing further forward and he, mm. he played further forward against Arsenal as well. I think he's yeah. he definitely looks a better player when he's playing for, further forward. I think he prefers it. Yeah. I hate to see him just, you know, on the, on, on the toes of Cody. I just mm. think that... I just think it doesn't work. So I'm, I'm glad that Nuno's seen that. And, and I think Wolves look better for him in a more advanced position. It was night and day, wasn't it? Arsenal, mm. it was his best performance of the season yeah. by an absolute mile. Uh but further up the pitch, he's, he's more effective. We saw it at Besiktas set up that Willy Bolly goal f- from being in the final third, making killer passes. And when he's when he's far back, he kind of falls into a almost like a John Joe Shelby mould or mm. a Charlie Adam mm. mould, something like that. Just spraying passes about, but looking a bit immobile and being round by the centre circle. Won him in the final third, and I think he's been much better in that regard over the past two games. Uh, Trudy would have been disappointed not to start tonight, I'm sure, but that's probably because of the, they went three up front in the formation. Um, look, it hasn't quite happened for him yet. Joe, you, you, you. Uh, I've you, nailed my you, colours what, to the what was the tweet? What was the tweet that you said that popped up? I, I think it was. Well, I did a comment piece saying that it will be more than just a song. Mm. So mm. obviously, we love the chance. Yeah, but I'll say his impact will be more lasting than that. So I've nailed my colours to the mast. Hopefully, this I'm season bright. though, this you, you expect him to. By the end of the season, season, yeah, I expect a couple of couple of goals, couple more goals. It better be more, a couple well, of goals yeah, this yeah, season. I'm, well, yeah, but I expect him to be approaching double figures yeah. by the end of the season. He needs a good game though, sooner or later, I think, for his confidence, doesn't he? Um, yeah. You know, he's missed a couple of one on ones. Obviously, missed the Man City was were disappointing him, although the result was fantastic. And um, you saw the Villa game. Uh, a week and a bit back, where where he missed that chance um, which, after scoring, which, after yeah. scoring, and it's it's he's disappointed. He must be frustrated, but at the same time, I think we might see the best of him next season mm. when he's had he's, he's had a season to bed in, get to know the league, get to know the pace, get to know the players, get to know the opposition, how 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 the games work. Um, what would you say, Rosie? I think you need to look at it in the sort of context of Adam Traore, of the case of you know it's his first season in English football. He's transformed his whole life. He's lived in Milan, 25 miles away from Milan, the training bar, the yeah. base. And then it's exactly the same as been here. At, at 20, at what 20, are you talking about? <laughs> it's exactly the same as life for life. <laughs> but at 21 years old, he's moved his whole life yeah. over here. You know, it's it's adapting. Mm-hmm. I said to you before in the press box, I said, you know, he just needs to listen to some Dolly Parton. Oh, go on, go you with know, this. No. Go with this. <laughs> oh. that, that, that was Rosie's, uh, that, that was Rosie's <laughs> concoction. She needs to listen to some Dolly Parton. No, she's very good at homesickness. She, right. she just reminds you, there's a, um, a song about a Tennessee mountain home, which is about, you know, it's meant to, lots of people who've moved I mean, and are homesick listen to Dolly Parton. Apparently it helps. What, Tennessee Mountain Home well, by we, Dolly Parton? Yeah. We can always know we've having a Tennessee Mountain Home, can't well, we? Well, exactly, yeah, well, absolutely. No, it's, it's more about the sort of, you know, uh, the thing is that her music talks about, you know, homesickness. I mean, I'm homesick, I'm, I'm so I'm obviously listening to a lot of, Dolly Parton, but it's. Um, <laughs> I was recommended it, and it actually, she's really good. She's really she? good. Yeah, it just. I wish you would do a nine to five shift. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think there's a lot that can be said in the history of sort of Italian strikers. I think yeah. only you can only think of like 
Zola, um, that's the one that mainly springs to mind for me. But Italian uh, attackers, especially, mm. coming over to England, mm. there's not a rich history of them making the sort of transition. I mean, if you look at, at Spanish players like Torres, you know, there's a lot of players that have made the sort of leap from other parts of the continent, mm-hmm. but Italians coming over and making an impact in on English football isn't famed in its history. And he, he just needs time. I think he just needs time. Look at Adama with his year at um, Villa. Mm-hmm. It took time. It takes time to adapt. It takes time to adapt your whole life. Like It's much different over here. The culture is much different. And if you think about all the siestas they have, I know that's Spain, not Italy. I'm being really <laughs> cultured. Oh, it's really late. <laughs> but you know what I mean? The whole culture, the way they eat. I yeah, know yeah. most, some of the footballers, don't they? They always talk about the Italian footballers having a glass of red wine with the meals at night and pizza and pasta and pizza yeah. and pasta yeah. and stuff like that so yeah. it's it's a big adaption and I think it will take him time I don't think you can be harsh on him because it's a big sort of step no of course not I, I, but you know look like you say maybe especially in, in Europe later on he, he might prove invaluable you never know and there could be plenty of Italian teams to come um, as well maybe in the knockout stages what fancy a little trip to Rome or Lazio or something like that would be nice, wouldn't it? Be fab- fabulous. I oddly want Moscow. You want Moscow, don't you? Yeah, yeah I've just got it in my head that I want Moscow. I just think it's a, a place you wouldn't necessarily go to. I can't yeah. wait to go to Moscow. In, yeah, yeah, in January or February. I'd love to yeah, go to Moscow. Like, it'd be absolutely stone cold. But I just think I think Moscow might be okay. Local, really? Locomotive, I think, are currently third in the champions in their Champions League group, yeah. so it could be the last thirty-two. Fingers crossed. I just don't feel safe in Russia. I don't think you don't feel well. You've, you've got your, you've got your regalia on tonight. You've got right, your full, on, full, on full on Russian coat and fur. Yeah, I'll take a picture of that for the for the podcast later on. But I don't think I feel safe. No, I don't, I don't know. It's just one of those countries that you just go, ooh, it's a bit. Oh, I don't know. Be interesting, though. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be decent. Look, um, and, and there should be the knockout stages. It looks like we're going to get some more games. Uh, one more point they need to guarantee guarantee um, going through. I'm pretty sure they'll get that. But I'm still, at the same time, I think Nuno will want to get that in Portugal um, against Braga, and then he can rest most of his first team, I would I would assume, for the Besiktas home game. Well, there's a, there's a very good chance, even if he does that, and rest the first team for Besiktas, they'll still beat him anyway, because yeah. they've been bloody awful yeah, <laughs> so far yeah. in the league, yeah. in the Europa League. They've been terrible. I mean, we looked at it and we thought, Besiktas, oh, you know, they're going to be the team mm. vying for the top of the group. It was, and it's completely not been the case. It's so. funny, though, because when, when me and Rosie went to Besiktas, I actually thought they were pretty good, Besiktas. Mm. I thought they mm. you know, they gave Wolves uh, a few a few issues, and, and I thought there won't be too many players, or too many, too many, too many teams going yeah. to going over there and getting a result. But yeah. But, you know... Maybe they've sacked it off now. They know they're not going to qualify, so the, the, you know that'll be it really yeah, for them. Tools, yeah. But fantastic, isn't it, to to be talking about this with a, with a point, and maybe you know Wolves could potentially lose both games and still go through with two games to go, and, and losing that first game to Braga to be in this position now is fabulous. Yeah, it, it's it's wonderful. Had somebody offered you this at the start, and now it's a cliche, but you would have snapped their hand off. You you, mm. you really would have done. And uh, going to Braga, it's it seems settled to be. A group decider who's, who's going to win it, and uh, it, that would be the icing on the cake. But um, getting through first or second, of course, you want to win it, but I think you, you, you take second uh, gladly as well. Yeah, that's great stuff. Uh, looking forward to hopefully the knockout stages. Uh, one bit of bad news, really, that, that we've had over the last couple of weeks when we haven't been uh, doing the podcast, of course, was the devastating injury to Willie Bolly. Uh, much documented, we all know about it, we all know he's had uh, an operation now. I spoke to ex-Wolves physio Paul Darby, uh, who gave a fantastic insight. Paul's going to be coming on 
um, in the next, in, in, well, in the forthcoming months, talking about some injuries um, to, to Wolves players, but also soft tissue injuries and plenty of other um, points that he would like to raise. Um, he's going to be a regular contributor. Absolutely fantastic chat with him. And he gives us a bit more in-depth insight into, into the injury. Uh, hope you enjoy this little interview. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by former Wolves physio, Mr. Paul Darby. Paul, how are you? How is it going? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Um, things are going very well. I've, um, I'm busy in my clinic and uh, it's, it's that time of the year after people's holidays where we're starting to get a bit busier. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, Paul, obviously, Pete, I'm sure quite a few people will know you as the Wolves physio. Uh, was it six years you were Wolves physio in the late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, a little longer than that. I, uh, I, I started in uh, 1986 and then I finished in 1995. So I had a good run at it, really. I started with Graham Turner yeah, and was with, uh, with Graham throughout his um, management. And then I had a, a year with Graham Taylor before I moved on to the World's Golf Tours. I mean, what what was what was it like back in those days? Um, just just from your point of view, physios. I mean, you see the the amount of treatment and, and the, the the rehab and the facilities they've got these days. What was it like back in the day with you? Well, I'm obviously quite envious because uh, from '86 to '90, uh, I was the only medical officer there. I worked with a part-time club doctor, the late Dr. Bill Tweddle. Um, then I got someone to come and help me part-time, and in, and that was myself and a gentleman called Reg Brassington, who looked after the youth team and then supported me. So basically, there were just me full-time and a part-timer who did everything um, uh, under the auspices of the doctor. But we had great relationships with local consultants and that kind of thing. Um, so it was, it was very much a case of all hands to the deck and the coaches would help out with rehabilitation and whatever. Nothing like it is today with extensive medical teams. Yeah, ma- amazing, really. And, and, and did I read something that you were you were Bully's first agent? Is that correct? Or joint agent? Or is, is, that, is that a myth? <laughs> no, it's, it's absolutely true. In fact, um, I'm sure Steve wouldn't mind me telling you this, but what was happening was that you cast your mind back to ages, it was a difficult time and the, the, the staff all worked together across different modalities. So I would do some youth team coaching and you know, Graham would help out on rehab and one of the other coaches would take some. And we, we got a situation where Steve was getting quite battered really to do um, commercial activity. And it wasn't long before we found out that he would be asked to open a pub or something like that on a Friday night before yeah. games and this kind of thing. Yeah. And Steve being Steve, you know, he found it difficult to say no. Um, and so we, we were in a management meeting on, one day and the gaffer said, look, we've got to do something about this because Steve, you know, he's so nice and wanting to please that he'll just say yes to everything. And the rules are that after Thursday, it's, it's about the game and you've got to relax and settle down. And he was under pressure if the truth was known. So it was decided jointly that um, we try to manage some of Steve's affairs for him through the club. And uh, so that's what happened, really. And Barry Powell, who was coaching myself, we took it on ourselves to have a chat with Steve, sit him down and say, look, if people inquire, want you to do things, then come along, give, pass it on to us and, and we'll sort it out for you, really. And then what happened was we realised we, we were denying him a quite a large commercial activity because a lot of these um, things he could be doing, he could be paid a fee for. Absolutely. 
So we formed uh, Steve Ball Limited um, with a local financial advisor and a local uh, accountant, plus myself, which was the first formal arrangement Stephen had. And uh, that little company kind of set him off. But it got very big. And also with my um, having to obviously put my 100% attention into the medical issues, um, it's something that very quickly we've moved on to other professionals. And in fact, Steve and his father-in-law took over with the accountant and the financial advisor and has gone on from strength to strength, oh, you can well imagine. Absolutely. I tell you what, Paul, if you were an agent for for Bully today, then you might be, you might be, um, you might have, you might have five or six houses and a few abroad in Barbados as well, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't begrudge him anything because he's a great lad and I think he's done extremely well, both commercially, he does a lot of charity work, uh, uh, you know, his foundation. So whatever whatever Steve's got, he's earned and more power to his elbow, really. I don't begrudge him anything and I'm, I'm very pleased that I was able to just give him a few pointers and start him off in the right direction, really. Absolutely. We, we, we all love Bully. Absolutely top man. Um, well, we've got you on, Paul, and you're going to be coming on um, for you know in, in a few episodes, hopefully, for your obviously expertise in in injuries and, and treatment and recovery and just getting uh, the peeps a little bit more information about, about certain injuries, what's going on you know inside the body and rehab time. So we really appreciate that. We're going to be talking, of course, about, about the devastating news about about Willie Bolly, of course, um, you know broken uh, broken left fibula, which which a lot of people will understand it is the leg muscle. But there was talk about his ankle and how it's all connected. What what what, what is a broken left fibula for for the lay, in, in layman's terms to, to some someone like me who doesn't really understand the body? Well, you let yourself down because it obviously isn't a muscle; it's a bone. Okay, there you go, there you go. That, that, that's that's why we've got you on. That's why we've got you on the show. <laughs> Yeah, so you're looking at, the, you've got two bones in your lower leg, the, the shin bone, as everyone knows, which is the tibia, and then onto the outside of that, you've got a smaller bone called the fibula, um, and a fibula connects at the lower, head, at the lower end uh, to your ankle, in fact, that large bony protrusion on the outside of your ankle is the, is the bottom of the fibula. Right. Um, it's not really a weight-bearing bone, it, it actually only supports about something like 70% of your body weight. Uh, so therefore, if you go over on your ankle or have a really uh, traumatic uh, knock to it, it, it can fracture. And it's obviously this is what's happened in, in Bowley's case. So, so he's, he's had the operation. Um, can, can, there be, can there be a clean break or, or, you know, is it just a, you know, can, can there be better breaks than others? Or is it just one break, that's it, and it's the same for everybody? Or is it, or is it different rules for different people? Well, first of all, I mean, I, I can't comment directly on, on Bowley's case. I don't, I, haven't, I don't know if I haven't seen it. But, but people with that type of fracture, um, it, it goes in different series. Now, obviously, you'll have heard of a hairline fracture where there's a crack across the bone. Sure. But everything is reta- re- retained in its original position. And in that case, normally, uh, you'd still put a plastic cast on it um, and it would heal quite quickly and you'd return back to uh, full activity. Um what I do know is that once in this case, uh, because the club put out that information, he has had an operation and he's had a small plate and pins put on it. So it's obvious that the, the fracture was a bit more complicated than normal. Um, and therefore, this procedure would have been done to ensure the most important thing with any fracture is the first few weeks of healing to make sure healing takes place. If healing doesn't take place very well, we get something called non-union. And we're always trying to prevent a non-union because that's when complications come in. So in this young man's case, it would look like um, they 
put some fixators to the bone to hold it together in the right place so that as healing takes place, it then comes out at its strongest and therefore you can get into early rehabilitation and back to full function. Right, you say full function. Um, you know, we're talking about metal plates and screws. I mean, that, that doesn't sound, that, does, that sounds a little bit scary, but I mean, I know a lot of people do do this these days and, and that it's, you know, it's very successful. What What's the kind of like likelihood? Can, can you get back to 100%? Is this something that he can get over sooner rather than later? Or is it something that he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life? Of course, he's going to have to do it with a scanner when he goes to the airport. But I mean, can he get back to 100%? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, a fracture to the fibula, it, it often involves the ankle as well because uh, it, it's what we call articulates with the ankle. In other words, it's part of the joint of the ankle as well, which is why it's important to, to get it to get surgery underway and fix it quickly so that actually as union starts, it starts to bend to, to mend together again, that actually does that in a good way. I mean, uh, it'd be very unusual for a very fit young man like this young man uh, not to have a, a full effective recovery um he's got he's got the best staff to take him through his rehabilitation sure and, so and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought there's any reason why he wouldn't make an absolute full recovery um uh, yeah and he's going to be in a boot for the first six weeks and then is it just is it just a is it basically core workout and something they come in boring aren't they i mean it must be really boring for some of the players when they've got to go through tedious strengthening core work but i guess that that's what you've got to do to strengthen the muscle back up well, the important the part of, that's the important part of his recovery is his rehabilitation. What you can't do is you can't send him home and say, go and like, you know, sit at home watching TV for six to eight weeks and then come back in and we'll start some form of work because in that time, you, we, we now know that three, that three days of inactivity will give you what we call muscle atrophy, which is wastage. And the important thing that we're always doing with these guys is keeping them as fit as we can so that once they can return to functional activity, you haven't got a long period to bring them up to fitness. So the, the idea of the boot would be that it can wait there mm-hmm. without causing any problems to the injury, because, again, we want to avoid any complications. Once the, um, the wound size is healed and there is no infection and it, you can see that the healing is taking place, he'll start quite rigorous activity to keep himself fit and to keep all his muscles up. And what you have to remember, these guys are addicted to exercise. They don't they don't like periods of inactivity. It's a drug for them. Sure, yeah, so absolutely. So you find that they actually are very keen to come and do something. that To, to sit down and do nothing would, would just drive them insane. I remember when I was working with some of the lads, we had the biggest problem was their gone from training every day and you know full of adrenaline and and then suddenly having to uh, as you say do remedial exercise mm-hmm. so he'll be going through an intensive period of fitness work to keep his body in shape to keep his cardiovascular endurance in shape so that actually when the boot comes off and the scan shows that healing has taken place it'll be much more functional for him Okay, and 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 obviously he's been huge asset to Wolves. He's been absolutely superb at the back, and hopefully they can they can carry on and get as many points as possible. But he is a big miss at the back. I think everybody realizes that. Time wise, I know you can't, you don't want to, you know, set an absolute time frame because obviously players players react differently. Um, what would you expect him to to see him back in in a Wolves shirt again? Time time frame wise, approximately, would you say? Well, my experience of that type of injury, uh, assuming it was um, complicated enough to need fixation, I would have thought he'd be back training in January, end of January, and probably 
playing again in February, that's providing he has no setbacks. One of the biggest problems we have in rehabilitation is that uh, if you have a setback, some form of re-injury, then it, it lengthens your recovery time even more. So they'll be very, very careful to ease him in gently, get him into functional training and then contact work uh, to ensure he doesn't have any setbacks. Uh, unfortunately, you'd be very, you're very lucky if you can go from operation to back on the pitch without any form of setback. Um, but if you, if you can do that, I would have thought that um, we should see him sometime in February. Paul, absolute living legend. Uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. We're going to look, look forward to, to hearing from you in the, in, in the forthcoming weeks. Um, Paul, you've got private practice as well. Is that, is that in All Brighton, is it? That's correct, yeah. All Brighton, just outside of Wolverhampton, yeah. And, and how can people get in touch with, touch with you if they have got a few problems or a few, a few little um, niggles that they need to go and see? Now, if anyone wants any advice or help, uh, then you can contact me at paul at pauldarby.com. Uh, that's my website as well. Uh, just remember, Darby is D-A-R-B-Y. D-A-R-B-Y. Um, we're going to chat to you to, in, in future weeks because I really want to hear about all this golf stuff that's going on as well. But for, okay. for it's really good. Thank you so much, and we really appreciate it. I'm sure that all the all the listeners um, you know, really appreciated what you had to say, and we, we've, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Paul. That was absolutely superb. Um, I think I think that was a fascinating chat. He's got so much more to say, Paul, as well. So like I said, we will be getting him, him on um, in due course over the next few weeks uh, so Paul said guys he said um, that he would expect Willie Bolly to be back late January early February is that kind of the time frame that you would like to see or you think that that, that could be um, a chance for him yeah obviously he's in the protective boot now for another five weeks and um, we saw at the press conference this week with um, Adama Traore a nice little sort of tale of stuff why he was late for the press conference was because he was having a, a chat to Willie about tactics. So he's still he's still around, he's still there, he's still helping out. But I think they say, isn't it, that it's for a fracture, any bone fracture, it's six weeks to heal and then sort of thing. So, yeah, that's probably the time frame we're looking at. Yeah, and, and look, Paul also said that it's not uh, uncommon, it's very unusual if you don't get the odd small setback when you're trying to recover from these, these, these injuries. Because it is a major injury, it's a broken bone. Um, if it is, let's say, early February and he does return, then that's 1st of February is Man United, 8th of February is Wolves against Leicester, then there's a break um, with FA Cup, and then the next the next Premier League game will be the 22nd of February, Wolves versus Norwich. So you've got to think that maybe around there we would like to see yeah. him. And hopefully for Wolves, they'll still be in Europa competition. I think that's, that's you know, if we've got Willy Bolly going into the, the latter stage of the Europa League, that'll be absolutely huge. Yeah, Adama Traoré, I've been speaking about that in, in the week, hoping to get through for Willy and get, get him involved in the in the later stages of the competition. Fingers crossed that will be the case. And you, you mentioned there that, that kind of run of games in February, perhaps... You know, with that break and then playing later on in the month, unless you're absolutely desperate for him, maybe just err on the side of caution and, and play him in the games towards the end of the month. Uh, of course, he's a massive miss, but in the same breath, you don't want to rush him back and uh, suffer a setback. So we want him long. We want him long term, of course. So get him back and make sure he's right when he does. Right, should we get some questions, peeps? Please, yeah. got some plenty of questions tonight. Here we go. Simon Mills, Kilman or Saïs against Villa. You say... Sice. You say... Kilman. Okay, there you go. So I'll be the tiebreaker and I'll say Sice. 
Uh, it'll be safe. Um, right. <laughs> Stu says, <laughs> Stu says, has, has, Ro, has at Rosie Swab uh, been to pork joint or had a special burger from Kebab Rush yet? If not, why not? I've got a clue what those two places are. They no, are I've not been both they in are, town. Kebab Rush like? is like the typical place after a night out. Is it? I've not been Opp- on a night oppo- out yet. Opposite oh. Dixie's. And then, what was the other one? Um, uh, pork joint. Yeah, pork joint, yeah. What's um, that? The, the, the missus had one of them the other week after a night out. It's like pork baps and ap- a- a- apple sauce, pork nice. stuffing. They're up until about four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Four in the morning? Yeah, decent. Well, yeah. I might drive past now on the way back. There you go. Like, hey, sort me out. You will be. You've had your profiteroles in a cup tonight. I have. I've just been, you know, gorging on the food. But yeah, I, I do like a bit of pork, so I'll be all right with that thing. <laughs> okay. So, sorry. Um, Paul Lappage asks Have there been any players from our Europa League opponents today? who you'd rate as potential Wolves signings. Now, Mr. Edwards and had his eye on a couple tonight. Andras Spora. Yeah, I'd, I'd have him. I'd have him. I know we've, we've mentioned about Jimenez and uh, how good he is, but I, I think Wolves could perhaps... I don't think another attacker would go amiss, to be honest, um, especially with the adaptation uh, that we've spoke about with Catrone and mm-hmm. perhaps taking a bit of time to bed in. If you can get Andras Spora for the right price, I know he was a bit more quiet tonight, but I was really impressed with him in, uh, in Slovakia. If you can get him in a, in, a, in a decent deal, I think he'd be worth a punt. Mm-hmm. Um, good stuff. Uh, Sam Rickards, given the different combinations of back three we've seen so far without Bolly, who would be your preferred choice regularly? So who would be your num- your, your three at the back? It'd be Bennett, Cody and Sace. Bennett, Cody, Sace. Rosie? Um, it's one of those. I think I want to see it before... I'd go for Bennett, Cody, and Bowley, mm-hmm. but I'd want to see in the next couple of weeks because I think it's well without whole... without Bowley saying so without Bowley. Yeah, would... no, I'm saying yeah. I don't want to nail my colours to a mask. Okay. I want to give it some time because I think that this is the prime opportunity for people to say, sort of forge their way into that. Okay, I want to have a bit of. You've been impressed. You've been impressed with Dendonka at the back, you two, or, or not really? I, I have, but I, pre- I prefer him in, in midfield. Yeah, I do I prefer, prefer him in midfield. Okay. I, I like him more as a midfield option, I think. Yeah. Spencer Comer, what's happened to the South Bank? As it's so quiet this season, thought all the standing Ooh. would help generate noise, but it's made it worse. Tonight was so quiet; it was a little embarrassing. I've been a season ticket holder for thirty years, and honestly, the atmosphere is getting. Worse. Interesting, that is. That's it's really interesting, interesting take. Really is. Um, you did hear a, a bit of the Steve Ball in the, in the North Bank a bit more tonight. Mm-hmm. And perhaps the South Bank tends to drown them out a bit more. I, I can't say I've noticed it massively, but if you're in there, obviously you get a greater perspective. So that, that's interesting, that is. Paul Mansell, my question is how big a factor will it be for player recruitment if we do not qualify for Europe next season? I don't see it being a massive deal breaker. Because I know Wolves have had that as a bit of an of an incentive for players to come in, but I think obviously the big six are the big six, mm-hmm. no, no, no matter what. Mm. And you know Tottenham and Liverpool and Man City are going to attract players over Wolves. It's just it's just the way of the world. And I think even some of the London clubs still probably hold a bit of an advantage over Wolves. I think players, you know, obviously like living in London, playing in the capital. I think that is still a big mm-hmm. thing. And teams like Everton are more established Premier League clubs. So I think Wolves are still firmly in that bracket of clubs, regardless of whether they're in Europe or not. So I think it might have a slight effect, but I don't think it's necessarily um, something that's going to impact on things massively. 
I'd flip it the other way though of that question in the transfer perspective putting Europe in it I think it'll not enhance their chances of keeping hold of some of their star players if they don't get in Europe next season I think they'll be yeah. rather than it impacting recruitment mm-hmm. I think it will impact them keeping hold of the likes if someone comes in for Neves someone comes in for Bowley if someone comes in for even Patricio they want to be playing in Europe They, I think yeah. that's the way that it will impact the transfer market yeah that's a good point Rosie I, I think I think next I think next summer there will be I think they've, they've, they haven't had too many huge inquiries mm. to players because they're so fresh but yeah I, I agree I think I think next summer you're going to look at People after after your Jotters, your Raouls, your Patricios, your Neveses, mm-hmm. um, your Nunos, yeah. um, yeah. and, and yeah. I think and I, and I think to be honest, if they do get some silly money for one or two of those players, then there may be some turnaround there. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No. Brings us on to Wayne Mackey's question actually, uh, quite nicely. He says. Um, my question is, I can't see what Catroni or Neto bring to the team. Two bad signings. Um, and to be controversial, pundits always single out Neves as being the chosen one. Do yeah. they watch our games? He ain't stepped up to be the player I expected. Yeah, I think we spoke about this before. Um, the pundits that haven't necessarily watched Wolves just assume that because Neves, because he was so great in the Championship, is the star player. But he, he he hasn't been in the Premier League. He hasn't. Mm-hmm. He he has he has done well in fits and starts. But Jean Martinia was was a, a few levels higher than him last season, and of course won the Player of the Season award. And Martinia, yeah, people know what a player he is, but almost kind of pundits kind of just oh well take it for granted because mm-hmm. we know Martinia is a star player and all this that and. Uh, yeah, Neves is kind of the the more attractive option when you're talking about players, but um, yeah, he he hasn't quite hit the heights, and and he has been the subject of you know some people who don't really know a great deal about Wolves saying yeah he's the key man when he really he isn't. Yeah, I mean look, if, maybe it's controversial. Maybe people might not agree with me. I think if Wolves are going to sell one big player next season, yeah. let's say for thirty, forty million pounds. I would probably choose Neves out of all those players to be the one that would go if you're going to keep the rest of them. Um, the good thing about Neves, and I can understand it from um, from a lot of different teams, is one, he's so young. He's a full Portuguese international. He's playing the majority. He might be, you know, I think probably he's been in the starting lineup more often than not recently. He's probably in, yeah. in Portugal starting 11, if not not far off. First one, you know, coming off the bench. He's a very saleable asset, isn't he? Oh, big time, big time. I mean, the, the big clubs will be sniffing regardless. Um, but yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think if if there is one to sell, I think Jota, even though he hasn't been scoring the goals recently, I think he's so instrumental mm-hmm. in this team when he's on song. Um, you look at someone like Willie Bolly. I know he's, he's he's a bit older, but I've, I think he's you know really important player as well. And um, and Jimenez, I think Jimenez is, is basically undroppable at this point. So, um, yeah, if there was one, perhaps Neves would be the one. Ronan Gibbons, how much of a chance do you give us winning the Europa League? At this moment in time, there isn't a better team in it than us. Having said that, the Champions League team still need to drop in, but I do give us a slight chance in winning uh, winning it. It could definitely see us getting to a semi. Rosie, do you think... Uh, can you see can you see Wolves getting to the latter stage of this competition? Yeah. I think they can. I don't see any reason why they can't. It's just the management of this small squad. We've seen how big, what we've been talking about for the last two weeks. It's an injury to Willie Bowley. Could you mm. imagine an injury to Raul Jimenez? I've got to touch some form of wolf now. I'm sorry that nothing happens uh, with that respect. But 
you know, an injury to some of the key players, an injury to Moutinho, an injury to Patricio, an injury to Wolves mm-hmm. right now, a second injury to one of the key players would be such a blow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the January transfer window is really important, but also it's all sometimes about luck and how you, if you want to play with a small squad, keeping everyone fit and stuff like that. But I don't see why Wolves could not make get their way to the final it's just like you say you don't know who's going to drop in from the Champions League you don't know and when you get to the knockouts it's who fancies it on the night doesn't it absolutely and look like I say the good thing I think is that Wolves haven't hit the heights anywhere near the Mm -hmm. heights they did last season so if this team is going to be a second half of the season team and you're in the knockout stage and you're still going to improve on what they've done already I mean no one want to draw Wolves I guarantee you that no one want to draw Wolves and some of the teams that have already qualified I mean I fancy the chance. I don't think they can. They're not going to. They're not be afraid of anyone, are they? Really? No. We, we're going to Gdansk. Mm. We're going. We're going. We're going with books. No, I think obviously Braga could very well top this group, and fair play to them. But I wasn't massively impressed with them at Molyneux. I have to say, I thought they just shut up shop and said to Wolves, "Break us down." And Wolves didn't have the answers on the night, mm-hmm. and um, they plodded along very nicely. Braga, to be fair to them, and they obviously deserve what. Where, where, to be where they are, but I don't think they're any world beaters uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I think Wolves, you know, everybody that they've come up against, I think they've probably, you know, you'd, you'd take Wolves' team over any of theirs. So, uh, and I think that will continue throughout the competition. David Monday, oh, David Monday's uh, sent us a question. He's the editor of Fantasy Football Scout. Oh, yeah, man, yeah, top yeah. man, top man. Good guy. Um, good guy. Uh, do you think Jota is nailed on to start the next two league games now that progression to Europe, Europa League yeah. knockout is nearly sorted? Asking uh, for a friend. No, I'm asking for a fancy Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd imagine he starts against Villa, definitely. Yes. And then it's Bournemouth, isn't it, after the international break? I'd imagine he'd start that depending on how he does against Villa. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he... You think back to that Villa game here a couple of years years ago when uh, Wolves last played Villa at Molyneux. Jota was electric, so yeah. Um, yeah, I think Jota's got to play. For me, Jota starts every single every single Premier League game if he's fit to be yeah. honest. He's absolutely yeah. one of the first yeah. names on the team sheet. Uh, Sam Timmis, Roll, Balm, Bap, or Cobb? What what what's, what, what, are you, what, what do you call it? Roll, Balm, oh, Bap. Balm. A What's a balm? A I've, ne- I've never heard balm's that. Balm's like a cream, isn't it's it? A, yeah, no, like, like facial balm. Or like a chip balm. Hand balm. A chip balm. 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 With a m- I've, I've never, I've actually never balm. heard that. Well, I've heard bap. Have and... you never heard balm? No, I've heard never. balm. Balm. Yeah, my other half came to Leyland to meet my family. And my auntie sat there and she's like, oh, I'm just going to get a chip balm. And he was like... Afterwards, I got Chip like butty. this. I got yeah. It's Chip. a it's a it, but a balm is a, is a is um, a cream. No, it's yeah. like a um, a bun. I've heard of so, cob. Co- cob. I've heard of cob. I've heard of bap and, and roll. Fair enough. Co- cob. Have you never cob, heard I'm, of a balm. N- no. Never ever heard of a balm in my life until I've just oh, read oh, this I'd, from Sam Timmy. I'd say ham cob. Yeah, probably. I'd never I'd, cob's wrong, but a balm's. <laughs> wrong. Wow. <laughs> sorry. I can't, I, I can't believe that. Are you anyway. not having a balm? No, no. Anyway, no. it's a sorry. Sa- <laughs> no, no. Oh goodness yeah, me. No. No, and it's a sandwich anyway. Um, <laughs> w- working hard or at hardly working says, did Kilman actually come from Madrid and Vallejo come from Maidstone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair play. Yeah, uh, he, he looks. He look. It looks. You, if you were a stranger. 
you know, and you had to say which ones come from Madrid and which mm-hmm. ones made to you, you would probably say that way around. Yeah, fair play. Uh, Santino says, oh, I was monitoring Jared Bowen of Hull. He is absolutely sensational. Too good for the championship. Huge talent and other clubs are bidding. Uh, he is better than Carlon Grant, who Wolves were also mm. looking at. Thoughts? Uh, there's another question about transfers as well so can I double them up Dan Johnson Jeff Shee's indicated there may be some additions in January what areas do you think will be the focus centre half and attacking midfielder for money keep up the good work guys uh, what do you think uh, Jared Bowen and, and just generally on, on, on transfers in January uh, Jared Bowen Carlin Grant yeah these are these are names that have kind of cropped up but while not ruling them out I haven't heard anything to say that they are chasing these players uh, personally and I haven't we, we've seen Wolsey's track record. They don't tend to necessarily buy players from this country. Mm. They don't necessarily tend to go for names that you've heard of before. I mean, obviously they've turned out to be fantastic, but I don't think many people would have telegraphed the signings of Diogo Jota and Raul Jimenez. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, pick, they're picking up gems from, from, from across the continent, and I suspect that that approach will continue. I'm not really out of you know, anything. If there's players catching the eye in the championship, then fair enough. You, you might want to take a punt. But in terms of positions for me, uh, centre-back, centre-mid and a forward option. So, so. Yeah, yeah centre-back centre, um, is definitely one. And I, I can see him going to the championship. I know historically in recent like sort of years they've, they've been going for the sort of, you know, foreign market. But I saw them link the other day to Ben Davis, who's at Preston and... He's a, he's a really good, really good um, talent there. Preston doing really well. We're top of the championship the other day. The, there's some real talent in the championship, and I think it's sometimes it's a market that's overlooked. And I think you know Wolves they, they picked up Kilman from you know futsal from futsal <laughs> yeah. and non-league, but you know it, it's not something that they'd kind of shy away from. I don't think they, no. I think they'd still look at English oh, markets yeah, yeah, and that yeah. sort of thing. So I I think there's every chance that there could be some gem unearthed. It's just that choice, isn't it, for a young championship player. Do you then want to go and do what Kilman's done mm-hmm. and spend a year in mm-hmm. the under 23s? I don't know whether a lot of people would. Yeah. It, it, it's that choice, isn't it? But it if is. you want to make it at the top, like Catrone's had to do and come over to the Premier League, you've got to sometimes do that adapting and, and just be patient. I think uh, I think a centre back. If they can get a world class centre back, I know that's easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll talk about Diaz, but you know, someone who's someone who's gonna even 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 a seasoned Premier League player who's playing like a Tarkovsky or, or someone of that ilk, someone yeah. who's who's played who knows the level, you know, is a very good solid player. I mean, those that, that, those are the type of players that I'd love to go out and get. I think um, just to have you know, Bolly and another. A one prime list yeah. central defender, I think would would would, would do wonders for this side. I've tried to replace Benny a few times mm-hmm. now, and he's he's been the the great survivor of, <laughs> yeah, of yeah. the new era because obviously brought um, Dendonker in as a, as a defender in mind mm-hmm. at first, and then obviously played in midfield. Brought Vallejo in, and Vallejo wasn't was a great. Brought uh, Roderick Miranda, and yeah. you know the, the the kind of list goes on of players that have been brought in for that position, but mm-hmm. Benny has ended up pretty much outshining them all. So um, you'd think that they, they are going to look again for that right centre-back option. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we know, like I said, they're doing all right at the back at the moment and yeah. uh, hopefully that will continue going into Sunday. Sunday. It's uh, Wolves against Aston Villa. Um, I cannot wait. This is going to be an absolute cracker. This is a proper game. This is the game where it counts. No one no one cares about the under-23s game a couple of weeks back. 
Uh, I spoke to Dan Bardell from the Villa View, presenter himself. Um, a bit of an insight into the Villa and this is what he had to say ahead of the big game. So I'm delighted now to be joined by Dan Bardell, uh, presenter of the Villa View uh, podcast. Uh, Dan, how's it going, mate? You okay? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Very good. Looking forward to this. It's going to be an absolute stonker, I think. Um, we'll forget about that, that that Villa versus Wolves under-23s the other <laughs> week. Uh, forget about that one. But no, just, I mean, look, obviously came up through the playoffs, playoff final, beat Derby, got through, spent an absolute load of money in the summer. Um, how, how do you feel it's going so far for you guys? Uh, you know what? I don't think the results actually tell the the whole story of how how we've played and how well we've done this season. I mean, I think we're improving, and I, I think we're only going to get better as as the season goes on. We, a bit bit of an iffy start. We we lost lost a few games that perhaps we we shouldn't have done. We then improved a little bit. Moved Jack Grealish's position out out to the left and won a couple of games. And the last two games, obviously a nightmare having Man City away and then followed by Liverpool at home. It, sure. it's, it's not great. We've ended up losing losing two in a row, but there were so many positives to take from Saturday against Liverpool. And I, I really think we're heading in the right direction. I, I don't particularly see us being in danger. And you alluded to us spending some money in, in the summer, but we absolutely had to do that because mm-hmm. the squad the squad wasn't big enough. If we hadn't have spent that money, we'd have been going straight back down. So I think we've, I think we've bought well in the main. I think we've bought players that Dean Smith and his coaching staff can work with and improve. And again, I think the players that we've bought in are only going to get better as the season goes on. So some Villa fans will disagree with me, but I think we're in a good place. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. They completely needed a squad overhaul. And, and like you say, you know, you've had, you've had some really good results along the way. Obviously, very uh, very unlucky to, to, to fall to a late defeat against Liverpool. Uh, who, who are the players who have come in, who have impressed you? And, and, and also on the, you know, on, the other, on, the, on the flip side, players who maybe haven't, haven't quite reached those expectations so far. I think uh, the centre back Engels has been has been a good signing. Him, him and Mings have developed a really good understanding and a really good partnership. And I think in some games we've shipped late goals like Saturday, and it's it's probably a bit harsh on them because they defended superbly on on Saturday. That they repelled everything. I think the two fullbacks have been really good as well, Target and Gilbert. I think they both had their best games in a in a Villa shirt on Saturday. Trezeguet got got his first goal. He's starting to improve now. I think fitness was a bit of an issue when he when he first came in. He looked like he was struggling after half time, blowing out of his ass every, every game. But he he looks like he's he's got it together now, and I think he's getting getting to uh, getting the demands of the game instilled in him now, and he knows what he's got to do. Wesley's the big talking point, isn't he? Because well, he divides he, opinion, doesn't he? Yeah. Really, Wesley. He's just again. I think all the players are, are going to get better, and I think has he been. Has he been as good as what I expected in some games? I think he's had, he's had bad games, he's had good games, and he's he's had average games. And to be fair, he's had some ugly games as well. But it's he's developing and he's he's getting used to a new league. He's 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 in a new country. You look at it, four goals from ten or eleven games. It's not bad, okay. It's 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 not brilliant. But I think I actually think the club have put a lot of pressure on him because we needed another striker. Sure. He's, the, he's the only striker that, that we've got, that's the, the big name, the £22 million striker. We've got Keenan Davis, who's, who's a, an academy player, basically, who I, don't, I think could do the season on loan in the Championship. And we've got Codger, who I don't think is fit for purpose in the Premier League. So actually, Wesley's got a lot, a lot of pressure on him, which I think, and I think that's the club's fault, and I think that's not helped him. 
I mean, I mean, I think he puts a shift in. To be honest, I'm, I'm, I think, I think he, I would, I think he's done okay. I mean, when you look at it, and, and he does get some stick, but you know, Sebastian Haller's come in. You know, he he scored four goals. Joe Linton's come in. He's been poor. You know, even like Catroni for for Wolves. Um, yeah. You know, he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't set 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 it on fire so far. So it's very difficult to come into that league with a big price tag and start scoring goals straight away. You're probably going to see the best of them back end of the this season and, and going into next year. You'd have thought. Yeah, I think, you've, I think you've hit the nail on the head there with the strikers that you've mentioned. It's, it sounds stupid, but it, it's difficult to find a, mm-hmm. a goal scorer and yeah. some, some of the some, I mean, some of the prices that go around. I think Haller at West Ham was forty five million, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, money, yeah. unproven at the highest level to have to spend forty five million to get to get a striker in. It's difficult to, to get a striker in nowadays, and also for the actual strikers, it's it's difficult because the most of them are playing as a, as a lone forward. It can be tough out there in the Premier League. I think mm-hmm. Wolves did very well to get to get Jimenez in, and he he pretty much sure. was. He was good to go straight away, wasn't he? And he's he's yeah. a real astute signing. Okay, he's cost thirty million pound or whatever it was, but mm-hmm. Wolves have discovered a gem because th- thirty million—it's relatively cheap now for a centre forward that's that's going to put in a shift, yeah. hold up the ball, do all the things that you want a striker to do, but also put the ball in the net and bring others into play. So I think Wolves have done well there and deserve credit. But there's plenty to work with with Wesley. I think the raw attributes are there. He's an he's an absolute specimen. He's six foot three. I'd like to see us getting more crosses in the box and trying to use him aerially because he hasn't scored a header yet. All the goals he scored have, have, have been uh, tappings in this in the six-yard box, pretty much. So I don't know whether we're even serving him right at the moment. Sixteenth uh, in the table, eleven points from eleven, but you've still got you know relatively comfortable three points away from Southampton, eighteenth, and then another two points, and you're, you're right up to Man United in tenth. So it is very tight in there, isn't it? Yeah, the league's very congested at the moment. I don't think it'll start to formulate until January, February. If we're sitting in, in 16th in February, I'll perhaps be start to worry a little bit. But at the moment, I'm not worried. To be, I'm just grateful to be back in the Premier League because it was only three years, but it felt, felt a long time not being in there. And it is, it is where you want to be. And I'm just enjoying us being there again, like watching us play against Liverpool on Saturday and seeing us come up against genuine world-class world class, sorry, superstars. It, it, it's enjoyable and we've got the right manager we've got we've got some good players the players visibly care which was something that we didn't have last time we were in the mm-hmm. Premier League you know as I say I, I think we're in a good place and I, again, I'll look, for, look forward to Sunday as well because I think it'll be a smashing game yeah it's, it's, it's going to be an absolute cracker is it is it is it is it, the, is it a convenient West Midlands derby would you say is it one of convenience you know is it is it just because they're both in the Premier League or is there still you know that massive rivalry from Villa's point of view would you say the way it comes across to me is that it's a bigger rivalry from a Wolf side than it is for Villa. Villa's main rivals are Birmingham. They're, they're the team I care about us beating. Do I like to beat West Brom and Wolves? Yeah, of, of course I do. But I don't think it's this this big big rivalry that some of the Wolves fans, and it won't be all Wolves fans, that some of the Wolves fans hype it up to, up to, up to be. So it's like saw footage when you, you've just gone and won at Man City, like an absolutely amazing result, an amazing day, and you hear the fans singing Mind the Gap, Aston Villa. And I, I get that it's all light-hide, it's all, it's all banter and stuff, and that, that's what football's about. But I don't know, why do you care? Like, <laughs> Wolves, have, Wolves have finished ahead of us the, the last few years. You're in the Europa League. You... On paper, at the moment, you are a better better side than us, and I would love Villa to have the season that, that you guys had last year and get ourselves into Europa League into into next season. I think Wolves have shown and done a lot a lot of things right, and I've got a lot of respect for them. But the rivalry side of things, it, it's not to me. It's I'd, yeah. I'd like to win, yes, I like to, I like to win every game, obviously, but it's 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 not a proper derby in my mind. Uh, so Dan, it's going to be a feisty game, obviously uh, at Molyneux on Sunday. Really looking forward to it. Do you expect? 
Villa to be similar to the side that, that lost 2-1 to, to Liverpool or do you think there'll be a couple of changes in there? I mean, if Grealish is back, which I expect him to be, then he he, he obviously comes back in. He's, he's our main man. He's an, he's an unbelievable player. And just as he got injured, he was really starting to hit, hit form, which is a little bit disappointing. The two wingers, you'd expect him to come in for one, one of them, but the two wingers actually probably had their best games in the Villa shirt, El Ghazi and Trezeguet on Saturday. So I think it'd be really harsh to drop either of them. So I, I see Grealish coming back in, in in the middle of the park for, for Louise on Sunday. That's that's what I think would do. But I would expect that to be the only change in injuries permitting, unless there's an injury I don't know about. Grealish back back in for Louise would be the, be the change that I would expect to see. The rest, I'd imagine, would be the same because it was a good display. So formation and lineup. can you just run us through it quickly, what you would think will we'll, we'll cross the line on Sunday? Yeah, I think it would be Tom Heaton in goal, Gilbert right back, Engels and Mings centre-backs, Matt Target at left back, Nakamba, who I haven't mentioned, who's been excellent, he'll be protecting the, the back four with Grealish and McGinn in front of him. Then I think it'll be Al Ghazi and Trezeguet on the flanks with Wesley as the lone striker, so a 4-3-3 for Villa with a holding midfielder in front of the back four. Finally, score prediction, Dan? I will go for a 2-1 to Villa. Oh, 2-1 Villa. Like it, like it. Okay, well, I don't like it, but we'll see. No. We'll see. You can, you, can, you can hope, you can hope. Uh, thank you so much. It's at Dan Bardell, uh, at D-A-N-B-A-R-D-E-L-L on Twitter. Dan, thank you very much for joining us. Good luck on Sunday. Cheers, pal. Cheers, mate. Thank you. So, guys, Dan thinks uh, 2-1 to the Villa. Um, had a good chat, really, about uh, about a lot of things. Um, he, he thinks that he thinks that they've played pretty well so far. Villa have been a bit unlucky. Um, and we saw the, the Liverpool game where they, they only only just lost. Everybody was devastated. All the Wolves fans coming out of the game, uh, knowing that Villa had, had conceded too late. Absolutely, they were, they, were, they were really feeling, feeling, you know, sorry for Villa. Um, at, the end, at the end of that one, when I was interviewing them outside. Look, they go, in, they go into the game on the back of two defeats, but it was Man City and Liverpool. I think it's going to be a different game altogether on Sunday. It's going to be a difficult one. I don't think it's going to be... If anyone's thinking it's going to be easy, it definitely isn't going to be. How do you see it going? I think they've got some very good players in there. I don't, the, the team isn't uh, as good as Wolves' No. It, it, it isn't. And then that's not just being biased. The, the team is not as good as Wolves' But there, there is... Uh, some very good players in there. Tyra Mings, uh, you know, top centre half. He, re- he really is. He, he's had his injury trouble over the years, but I, I would I would take him at Wolves. I definitely would. Uh, I'd definitely take John McGinn as well. I'd probably take Grealish. I think they they are free. Um, otherwise, I think they're pretty. I think there's a few suspect players in there. Yeah. Um, Wesley's hit and miss, and we talked about it with um, with think, with Dan. You know, some, sometimes he can be good. Sometimes he can split opinion massively. I think if Cody can do a number on him and keep him quiet, then yeah. I think you're cutting off cutting off you know a big 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 um, threat. You'd probably be a bit more confident with Bolly in there. Yes, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But their wingers are a bit hit and miss. I know El Ghazi scored in the cup the other week, but he's a bit hot and cold. Trezeguet is a bit hot and cold. Um, if they can keep them quiet, if they're having an off game, then I think uh, they've got a got a good chance. Walls. Can you see the tackles flying in? Do you think that Villa might try and make it a little bit more aggressive and a, you know a little bit more feisty, or do you feel it's going to be more of a passive game? I think every derby game's feisty, isn't it? Um, but I'm not. Flat. I don't know. I don't think it'll be about that. I think the important thing for Wolves is to stop the draws. I think that's mm-hmm. what I think we're going to see a really attack-minded wolf side mm-hmm. because this is I think I don't want to tee it up as a must-win but with the seven draws in the Premier League this is getting to a stage now where wolves need to start picking up those three points in the league it's all well and good 
fighting back and, and having draws. I think they've had six one ones, and every time they've they've conceded in those games, they've had to fight back. So yeah. I think there's an important thing here about scoring first. There's been an emphasis on that, taking the chances. I, ju- I just think it's really important to get three points, and I think I, I think it, it doesn't matter that it's Villa. I think it just they have to look at it on paper. What, I'm not about to do an Alex style black and white video here and say that like, <laughs> Wolves are better man for man on every. I think Luke's done a Luke card, one of our digital reporters, has done an Aston Villa and Wolves eleven, and Wolves dominate it, and that's because Luke, Luke, Luke. What's his surname? Luke, I didn't say his surname. Oh, I thought you said his surname, no. No, 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 right, okay. no, I couldn't remember it, that's why I didn't um, say it. I, don't, I can't remember <laughs> no. it, to be fair. But the Wolves dominate that 11, yeah. because on paper, in the majority of the positions, yeah. Wolves are better yeah. um, than Aston Villa. So, it's it's not sort of, that's not me sort of trying to ramp up a derby, because mm. it, it's not, for me, I'm, I'm coming from about, you know, way up north. I, for me, I'm not that, that sort of mind. I'm just looking at two sides on paper going like we're looking at the Bournemouth game, or like we're looking at Sheffield United, where Wolves should, on paper, be winning this game. Yeah, I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because Wolves have obviously scored the majority of their goals in the second half. Villa have conceded the majority of their goals in the second half. So you can you, you see the script here. <laughs> yeah. uh, Villa have started quite well and scored the first goal you know, quite a few times. Uh, Wolves are going to have to start better in games, aren't they? And they're going to have to start doing that because the last thing they want to do, and the, and the only thing that, that Dean Smith will want to do, is to silence this Wolf, these Wolves fans early. And it will be a cauldron. It will be absolutely amped up to the, to the nines on, on Sunday. And if they can settle the crowd down and make them quiet with, with, with an early goal, that's the last thing Wolves want to do. So they, they do need to turn that around in the first half. Yeah, the, so watch Villa a couple of times. And when I have seen them, they have been quite high energy. Uh, they do quite, tend to start quite well in your faces, press. I don't know if Louise or, or, or the Canberra will play midfield, but either one, they're, they're, they're both very energetic midfielders. You know, get around the park, make the tackles, you know, make some cynical fouls if needed. I don't necessarily think, you know, as you alluded to there, it'll be like a massively dirty game, but I think there'll be some, there'll be obviously a bit of need all there. Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the onus is on starting a bit sharper. Uh, and hopefully Jota having him in from the off sure. and having him rested, rested from, from, from being yeah. suspended for, for, for Slavon that, that can work in Wolves' favour. Uh, so let's have a little team selection. What do you say, line-up-wise? What, what do we feel we're going to go? Formation and, and, and team. 3-4-3 three, three for me. And the three changes from Slavon would be Sace for Kilman, Otto for Vinagra and... Uh, uh, Jota for Neto. Yeah, that that would be the three for me. Stick with the three four three. If it's not working, go to the uh, three five two. Finish off her prediction. Then uh, we'll go to you first, Rosie. Um, two nil Wolves. Two nil Wolves. Yeah. Two nil Wolves. Like it. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm gonna be a little bit coy. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> say one one. I'm gonna say one one in this game. I don't know. I just can't. I've got a funny feeling about this one. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I'm gonna say one one. I've got a little bit of a funny feeling, but I've got to have a bit of a funny, but err uh, towards a positive side. Uh, he's changed two it. One. He's changed it. He yeah. said to me 1-1 one, one before the bloody interview. 2-1. Uh, yeah. Okay, 2-1. Fingers crossed. Uh, three points. We shall be back next week. I know it's international break, but it's not going to stop us. We're going to have 
have a podcast every week until the very end of the season, fingers crossed. So um, thank you very much. I know it's, what time is it? It's five to, five to one now. Thank you, Rosie. She's ready to go. I mean, you've only, you've only got a short car park run, to be fair to you. Oh. Some, of us have got, some of us have got to walk back to the Express and start. Hey, you might be locked in now, mightn't you? Oh, well then, well then. So you, 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 can, you can come in and sleep at Express and Star. Do a little bit of work. Do your play ratings. Oh, Joe's done it tonight. Oh, yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Joe, thanks very much. Uh, we're going to walk Lovely. back. Um, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed um, the two interviews um, that we did uh, with Dan Bardell. Uh, and of course, uh, big thank you to Paul Darby. Uh, we'll see you next week. Fingers crossed, three points. Um, I've obviously got to be neutral on Sunday uh, because we cover Villa as well. Uh, what am I saying? Bloody hell, let's beat the vial. Go on, go on, the boys. <laughs>